0: i Father Ray. The purpose of St. Kilians is to be a Catholic presence in the heart of Bendigo, which promotes sharing, developing, and celebrating a community of faith which is open to all. The purpose of this podcast is to share stories, the stories of our parish and of our parishioners, our mission of ministries are ways of evangelization, that is to share in the call and an invitation of Jesus, that is to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the world. Welcome to this third episode of this podcast, and it's all about the ministry of hospitality of the Bendigo Winter Night Shelter. Together with us today... We have Beth's car and Terry was away.
1: Welcome back, episode three. We've got some wonderful guests, some active people in our uh, parish. Well, I'm, I'm, we're excited to to interview Jun Ray. Uh, it's how, how have you been lately? It's good.
0: It's good. <laughs> it's uh, it's a uh, well a lot. Well, a lot of things, everything on screen. So, um, yeah, it's, I had a conversation with my nephews recently and they said they wanted to become priests because they said they can be priests from screen. So, <laughs> but I, I'm going well, going well. Thank you.
1: That's good. Good. We're, we've had some good feedback about the podcast so far. Uh, it's been awesome. What, what's something, has people highlighted anything for you or to, to you that they're liking about the podcast?
0: well i'm very amazed of where the podcast can go because uh, because it is accessible to different um uh, platforms and, and uh so there are some analytics and there are some people um listening um like there i think there are seven countries that i, I when i when i did uh, when i did the review so it's really interesting like where the podcast can go and um and um, I was having a conversation with some priests in Sydney and they when I said to them, We're actually having some podcasts in our parish, and they said, Well, we'll plan to start one as well. So it's a well, St. Killian's, so it's pretty good.
1: Pioneers we're pioneers. We're on the gold, lucky we're in Bendigo. So shout out to all you all your listeners over overseas. We're we're glad to have you. I'm gonna introduce our guests. Uh, um, we've got Beth Carr and Terry Westway here. They're two very active participants uh, in our parish. So welcome, Beth, and welcome, Terry.
2: Thanks,
1: Thank Megan. It's nice to have you here. You're excited to, uh, to share your stories. I'm definitely excited to share your stories. Look you
2: some good, go on, Terry.
3: There's some, there's some good news there. Yeah, We've got some good stuff to share.
2: And I think it's a great way of reaching out to people and getting um, different stories about the parish out to our own parishioners, as well as, um, as we've just said, interstate and overseas. It's
1: exciting. We can give people some ideas, and I don't know. Hopefully, eventually, in uh, you know ten years, there's no homelessness, and it all started because of the podcast, we? Gennaro. <laughs> <That's great.
0: laughs>
1: well, Terry, I'll start with you. Um, uh, can you tell us about the Bendigo Winter Night Shelter? What what is it? If you had to to sum it up in you know, two or three sentences, what is Bendigo Winter Night Shelter?
3: Uh, well, basically the basic philosophy we have is it's food, shelter, and dignity for the people who are probably doing they very tough in our society, uh, and that um, you know the the scriptures tell us that that we if you do it for the the least of my people, you do it for me. Uh, yeah, so there is that dignity that, that everybody has. Um and you know what what I like about it is it's the coming together of um different churches and community to actually serve, you know, uh, the people who are most challenged.
1: It's it's a awesome ministry, like it's uh an awesome thing to be a part of. Uh and Terry, you are you you, you would quietly be you quietly go about this, but you're you're a big driving force behind that. What what's your role um at Bendigo Winter Night Shelter? Well, we incorporate
3: as a not-for-profit, which means we have a board of
1: management and I'm the chair of that board. Ah, what a man. <laughs> and Beth, um, would you would you summarize Bendigo Winter Night Shelter the same way Terry did? Or is there anything to add?
2: Um look, I like to look at it from um The point of view from the parish side of things it was one way of us helping out with social justice which was one of our goals in our um, pastoral plan it certainly is reaching out to those who are in need um even though on a small scale but it's still a huge um organization a huge effort goes into it as well
1: and your role beth at the new night shelter
2: yeah so my role at this stage has been um what they call the venue coordinator for St Killian's. I offered to um, represent St Killian's, organising our rusted night and organising the food and kitchen hands and just touching base with volunteers who are involved in our um, scheduled night.
1: I know you two have summarised your work in in two very succinct sentences, but there is a power of work that goes into what you two do. Um, It would take up a lot of your time, Terry?
3: yeah it's very demanding um you know we would we would have had um, 240 or so volunteers um the you know and we ran, ran that with eight people the, the administration side and obviously then the venue coordinators for each of the uh, each of the churches so that that's uh, for for having to cover you know uh, 90, 92 nights uh, you know, in terms of the the, the venues, or you know, organising the food, and uh, you know, moving bedding around, and and caring for people as well, like getting to understand the, what their needs are and connecting them to services, you know, uh, and walking part of the journey with them. So there there is a fair bit on in that. <laughs> Lots of meetings as well.
1: Yeah, heaps mm-hmm. of meetings. It'd be end on end, and Beth, a lot of. Uh managing people as your part of your roles there?
2: Yes, it is. I generally sort of get parishioners who offer to cook food, that sort of stuff, so I organise that, roster them on, and then I've taken it on myself to pick it up and deliver it to the venue. Sometimes some of our parishioners uh, deliver to the venue, but I just see that as a way of um, helping them out, and particularly during... Um, a COVID time not necessarily exposing too many people to too many situations Uh, but I would say that in our parish I feel very very lucky because there's just so many volunteers and so many people willing to help it really did make my job easy Um, this year taking on two nights again having um, the Rising Sun Hotel do the food I still picked that up and delivered it um, but I also like to support the volunteers, so I sort of hung around to make sure everybody was comfortable and then I would go home and come back for my own overnight shift.
0: Yeah. And this is the second year of the Bendigo Winter Night Shelter here in Bendigo, right? That's uh, the
3: third. Third. Third.
0: third. A third. And, and how, what's the difference, especially this time of, you know, the pandemic? Or... Well, pan, we
3: had the pandemic uh, last year as well and we, we ran all of it uh, that through the scout camp um, this uh, this year we we had a mixture of church venues and scout camp um, because um, the, the the churches felt that they could in some ways minister a bit more effectively in that, in their own space but I think our guests liked the um, privacy that they got at the scout camp because they basically most of them would have a cabin to themselves. Um, so that they're not, you know, in the church venue, they could be sleeping in a hall, you know, and you've got people are snoring and they're grinding their teeth and all those sorts of things. So some people don't get sleep as well as they might, whereas in the cabin they, they get a good
2: rest. So each year has been different, really, because the first year was entirely in church halls or church spaces. Um, then last year it was, as you say, entirely in, at the Scout camp. And then this year it's been a bit of the Scout camp and church venue so yeah each you has been different or very successful in their own ways and challenging in their own ways as well
1: so, so three years um it's this sort of thing doesn't just just happen that was it existing was there something <clears throat> existing three years ago that that was like this or terry did you it was it you yeah. and a, a bunch of mates that sort of thought well there's a problem here and we need to fix it or now, there's the concept started in the United
3: Kingdom, and started an organisation called Stable One, um, where they basically thought that you know the ch- church venues, that would, you know churches themselves, or and other halls and so on, weren't being fully utilised uh, during the week, so in the winter time they, they could actually you know house people, and and uh, the, you know the symbolism of stretches actually in the church. <laughs> You know, is a real great sense of the mission, the purpose of the church to be serving. Uh, we adapted the the uh, stable one material, and we've learnt from the experience. Um, they had a, through a huge amount of emphasis on what they called the project coordinator, who was the person that had to make sure everything was happening. And we had, we had a, a champion of the program, um, Andrew Howe, who's an, an Anglican fellow, but a fantastic guy. And he was very passionate about it. And then his um, mother fell ill, and then his wife fell ill, and then he he couldn't actually take it on. And we formed a management committee of fourteen to get it off the ground. Um, so we've been blessed uh, by God, and we've been blessed by uh, you know the generosity of the churches and the community in general, and uh, a lot of the businesses that have supported us with dry cleaning and 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 food and. Donations and you know, so we we've been able to operate um, uh, with a modest surplus each year. So you know, uh, and we've uh, we we, there's plenty of potential of way things could get better. Um, You know, because the 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 homeless need some support all year round, and particularly having a gathering space. Uh, And Mm. there's there's some chance we could bring that together. Uh, through through one of the organizations
0: that are part of the program yeah. yeah it's quite a lot of a collaboration with i think the the beauty of that is working with other churches as well and in in the wider community of bendigo too and and you know I think just breaking you know b- breaking the um uh, you know, the divisions of of religion but it's all about it's all about the compassion and hospitality and care um but what is you know in, in terms of collaboration? What are what are the challenges for the last three years? So like, what are the major challenges in in the internet shelter? Uh,
3: well, I think the cha- the challenges have been that um, you know we had to we had to bring a disparate group of people together, if you like, to get to get uh, going. And part of what we were challenged with was really defining. Uh, our direction so we, we've actually we, we did manage to bring together a um, strategic plan and I'm actually thinking some of this documentation might be useful if you wanted to be able to give people some access to, to some some of that um, We so yeah, basically our overall vision was that there should be shelter for all, not that we could provide it, we just believe that was the ideal goal if you get it to happen and and we thought it was bringing the churches and the community together to create solutions for those needing shelter and what we've we've learned a lot more about you know what the challenges are for them what they'd really like and where they're sort of missing a gathering space um, particularly in with lockdown uh, you know they've got nowhere to go and shelter you know um, that during the course of the day. You know, they're looking for things to do. They're, they're You know, um, and we're, we're, I'll, I'll, I'll happily talk to you about some of the good outcomes that have come out of this year's uh, program. But, uh, yeah, so getting that and communicating, particularly when we haven't had a project coordinator. We had a lady who did a fantastic job for us communicating with all the uh, church venues uh in in twenty twenty and she, uh, she and her husband went chasing the sun in twenty twenty one uh but we created a role called guest liaison uh and that, that got us very well connected with the guests but we we just really need to have enough people present to be uh making sure that everybody feels communicated with so we, we you know we had some feedback from some senior clergy felt that they were out of the the communication loop because most of our our communication was oriented to to the the volunteer coordinators uh, in in each venue. So we we modified that. So we, we, we learn as we go.
2: And I think, you know, one of the challenges like lots of organisations and lots of um, initiatives is having people on a committee for a start, as Terry says, you know, they, they ran with a smaller committee this year, which was challenging for them. Um, from my perspective, the only challenge really was just, you know, making sure that I had people coordinated and rostered on and all that sort of stuff. Um, so and I just sort of tried to avoid any um, other challenges that might have been going on above me.
1: <laughs> I think um, you you talk about working with people, and for you it must be affirming for you to of your faith and affirming of encounter with God. Not just your interactions with um, the people who access this service, but the volunteers as well. Um, is that is that how it feels for you? Like when you reflect on the whole process, is it is it affirming? Does it Does it make you feel like, oh, you know, God is in my life and God is in these people around me? How does that feel for you?
2: Look, for me, when it first started, the whole idea and the concept of it and and Father Rom Hayes invited a few of us to the initial meetings, I just thought how fantastic is this that Christian churches in the one town were getting together for one goal and it was just awesome to see the enthusiasm and the, the want to do something and to help others and, um, and to know that you are reaching out and helping other people, which, you know, you can just walk by and just do nothing, but to me it was wonderful. It was wonderful um, being a, a volunteer myself and going and doing the night shift and those sorts of things. You're meeting people from different churches and different walks of life, and that was, uh, to me, wonderful and and interesting. It wasn't always um, talk of God or Gospels or anything like that. It was just talk of life and sharing ideas and thoughts and even just sharing quiet time. And then to actually uh, work or interact with the guests, as we call the homeless people, kind, beautiful, gentle souls who have had struggles in their lives and were just so full of appreciation I suppose, and, you know, without reflecting too much on it, you'd walk away and you'd feel good, and then you just, yes, I could turn around and say, you know, this is just amazing. God is working wonderful things, which he was, and he still is. Um, But the whole concept of people working together from different walks of life in one town, I just, it blows me away. I think it's amazing.
1: And was that the driving factor for you, for getting involved, just having people united in a...
2: Yep. Yeah, I th- I liked the concept and I thought, well, you know, I've sort of gone through um, bringing up the kids and the kids are all grown and all this sort of stuff. And, well, what, what can I do now to give back, I suppose? And I, I guess I'm a practical sort of person. I'm a doer rather than a thinker or something like that. And it was just one way that I could help out on a practical level but also help a bigger a group of people.
1: And what about you, Terry, like... It must have affirmed some, you know, you've had your faith for a long time. This must definitely have affirmed parts of your faith.
3: Yeah, well, I've probably developed. A, I developed a very strong sense of social justice, uh, you know, and I've been involved in lots of different um, programs that serve serve people. Um, and I, you know, I, I was a, like Beth. I was Excited at the prospect of something like this being done, and um, you know, I was more than happy to be supporting you know somebody like Andrew Howe, and then all of a sudden he wasn't there, so we had to pull that group together, and we had a we had a young fellow who said he could help us with the with the coordination, and uh, uh, Matt Parkinson, myself, uh, uh, Matt's the director of community care for the Baptist we we both said we've got too much on our plate to be able to do this but if you if you take it on we'll we'll support you and we'll, we'll mean to mentor you and uh, yeah and he, he did a fantastic job but um, you know that that's uh that that whole sense of being together you know churches working together is one of the most enriching parts of it you know to me because we're not we're not uh, we're not debating theology or anything. we have just been practically serving, you know. And whatever needs to be done gets done.
1: I think I think that's awesome. I think um, from my experiences of volunteering this year, uh, I, I went there and I got so much presence of God, not just from um, the people that use the service, but uh, the people that volunteered, and, and then through you guys as role models as well. It's such a um, fulfilling experience, even just doing the one session. So it must be even more fulfilling, uh, you know, having this ongoing role.
0: mentioned terry you know be highlighted about you know, the food shelter and dignity and 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 even using the term as guests and dignity um you know we we don't see them as a number but we see them as a person and who brings life and stories and and know, i remember um the words of maya angelo and the american poet and she said now people will forget what you said forget what you did but people will not never forget what People will not will never forget how you made him feel. And I think that's, you know, that's and I think that's the beauty of, of that ministry as well. You know, you, you're not there bringing your own perspective of of your church or or religion, but it's all about life and and caring and compassion.
2: And you're right, Ray, about their stories. If you're involved sort of over the three months, and sometimes their guests are there for the whole three months. Um, you know you learn their names you learn a little bit about them you um, see them put on weight you see them eat lots um, and you you just develop a relationship with them and then towards the end of the program you start to worry and think well where are they going to go what's going to happen to them or you get so excited when you hear that someone has now got accommodation or someone's got a part-time job and it's 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 like a family really and you just get so excited about that side of the story as well or see people who have been going through struggles but they're willing to talk about it and sit down and they connect with some of the volunteers more than they connect with other volunteers. And it is it is really rewarding to see the development of them.
1: That's a, a perfect segue into to the next section. Is there... Any particular encounter or significant encounter, you know, with the, the guests or with the volunteers that really, um, really, really moved you during this service or this ministry? Is there, you know, something that's really tugged at the heartstrings and you thought, ah, this is exactly why we do this? Or um, for either of you, Terry, I'll, I'll go to you. Is there anyone, any story or encounter that um, has really moved you?
3: I probably ended up because we we were so there's so few of us I probably ended up being being in the in the background uh, and not not doing that many shifts Uh, so I I probably had less face to face this year than than I would have been either uh, the other two years but um, uh, what really really knocked my socks off was um, the the work the eight people did to control, and the volunteer coordinators did to keep the whole thing going. So we had um, two ladies who who did all the, all the volunteer coordination, you know, looking at the whole database. Uh, and even the, the churches might, you know, uh, organise some of their own people through. They, we had to make sure we could top the, all that up. They got on top of a brand-new system and they... They communicated very well with, with everybody, and we, our guest coordinator, who you know, um, was just had the greatest heart and 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 was journeying with everybody. Um, and and I'd probably, I probably I would have had two or three or four or five phone calls with the guest coordinator every day <laughs> because we're just talking talking through issues. Um, so. Uh, i i was just really uh, very very impressed uh you know with with the commitment of, of you know of everybody that's on on the team but somehow or other although we were challenged we, we managed to get it all done
1: that would that, that would that would continue to drive you like that would continue to drive you and your own um personal input into the whole thing as well you can see all these people put in 110 so you know why can't i as well so yeah that would be Super inspiring for you. Is there anyone particularly you want to give a shout-out uh, uh, while you're on here? Maybe they're listening to us.
3: <laughs> well, well, I, I, uh, Mel and Naomi did the, did the volunteer coordination and Sharon, Sharon was a uh, guest liaison person. Um, but, you know, uh, Jeff was our uh, treasurer and company secretary. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, so, you know, and they all did. Did uh, you know heaps of work, and that we had uh, people like um, uh, Helen, sort you know, sorting out all our laundry and doing you know, doing those sorts of things, uh, and and we got the backup from um, uh, Matt Matt Parkinson and Andrew Walker, you know, um, who are both you know full working full time, and yet you know had skin in the game, if you know, because they they're serving in that area. Um, yeah. And so their input, their input was, you know, is invaluable. You know, their, their insights are, you know, are, are really great. So, but, you know, the outcomes, the the end result of the, of the program lit my, lit my fire, um, you know, in terms of where we went, we can touch on that when you're ready.
1: Awesome. And Beth, how about you? Is there a particular moment or experience that, um, you know really pulled at the strings
0: and
2: look, I think um, there was one night it was um, I was rusted on at a, another venue, and one of the guests had been and had dinner, but then had ended up in hospital for whatever reasons. And two of the other guests were really unsettled and like barely slept, and I thought, oh, you know, what's going on? Anyway, that turned out that they were quite concerned about this guy who had gone off to the hospital. So once they're at a venue, they're not meant to leave. But at about four or five o'clock in the morning, they came up to me and they said, look, I know we're not supposed to go, but we're really worried about so-and-so. We've rung a mate, he's going to come and pick us up and we're going to the hospital. And I was sort of I was impressed that they were so worried about this other person because not everybody gets on really well all the time within the group. Um, I was really impressed with that, but I was also impressed that they came and informed me. They didn't just pretend to go to the toilet and disappear or anything like that. And I just thought they are a little family within themselves. As they were leaving, one of them said, now can you keep an eye on so-and-so for me? Tell him I'll be back later. So, you know, there was a real... Camaraderie in amongst them as well, even though you know two days ago they were probably having a bit of a disagreement. So yeah, I thought that was beautiful.
1: It it, it epitomizes dignity too. I think yes. you give them you give them yeah. dignity, and they yeah. will start to build themselves yeah. up. And um, yeah, and, and to be and
2: honest, like that. Yeah, to be honest, Miggy, in all my dealings, and okay, I did overnight shifts most of the time, so I didn't always see people. Our guests were always polite to. The volunteers were always um, had manners and thank you and calling you dal or if you had your name tag using your name mm-hmm. and, and that sort of stuff. They were just gentle and appreciative.
0: Mm. And um, yeah, well, so I think this whole you know this whole ministry was centres really on hospitality. And I when I saw the um, the the uh, the headings actually, um, it uses the uh, passage from Hebrews, and it said, you know, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers for by doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it, and you know the, I think this is you know this is true hospitality and you know we whenever I think in the first world country you know we we always think oh like the works of of mother Teresa in in india and in in the third world country, and we forget to realize that a lot of, you know, a lot of the same issue happening here, um, just in our community. And, you, you know, you're doing that uh, really in uh, putting, you know, sharing the food, um, shelter, and dignity. And I think I'll just go to, you yeah, to the next question on this, um, you, know, with your, you know, with your time for three years in your involvement, you know, how do you define hospitality?
3: uh being present uh, and and you know uh, walking walking being a, being a companion on the journey uh yeah mm-hmm. uh, actually really getting to to uh know a bit more about the, per- the each person's story um uh, everybody everybody's worth the time of, of day uh, to spend some time uh, and, and get to understand a little bit about uh, how their day has been, how they're travelling overall you know um, is, is, there, is there any do they have any needs that you know that are not being you know attended to or are they worried about something? Um, yeah you know, that that to me it, that's hospitality that's
0: mm. yeah, you touch a lot of things there well it's amazing okay hey, Beth
2: um I was going to say welcoming, um being prepared to listen and uh and being not judgmental
1: i think that's it's awesome to hear you speak like that like this is ha- had a real um change of spirit on on you as a person and i, I want to hear a bit more about that so how is that, how is this whole experience on it's still ongoing for you, for both of you but how has that affected your, your daily interaction so how's that coming to your own personal life do, do you approach your relationships differently now do you um yeah what how does that look like in your life now or how has this affected your your life
3: um i think it's 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 a humbling experience to to spend time with with people who um have experienced quite a bit of trauma in their life they must have experienced that to to end up being homeless doesn't doesn't just happen people don't choose homelessness um and and to to, I think you do recognise the dignity in each person. You know, if you stop and listen, spend time, hear their story, uh, realise the struggles that, that they've had, what they're trying to, to come to grips with. Um, and particularly when you see some, some people, uh, you know, achieving some of what they, they'd set out, they hope they might get out of, you know, being in the winter night show that might have just helped them change. Direction somewhat, um, so and I think that makes me grateful for what I what I have in life, you know, for the for the gifts gifts that, that uh, God's provided, particularly in, the, in the, particularly in sense of family, um, you know, but um, but also that the fact that you know, um, you know, God God is walking with with each one of us, whether we are aware of it or not. You know, I think that's uh, yeah. So that's that to me is yeah. I think it's it's a it's a, it's a, a gift, an insight that uh, that that's come to me you know from that involvement.
1: It's a. I think it's awesome. You said um, that you're grateful for your family rather than your possession. You you know, if you think homeless, you probably think um, possession straight away rather than the people that support you. So. That must Terry. That must have had a bit of an impact. Some of their stories are, uh, must be uh, associated with you know loss of family or loss of supports in their lives. Is that is that what's driven your gratefulness for your family? Yeah,
3: I think a lot of them are travelling alone. And and uh, you know, uh, I I did a I was involved in a program called Men, men Alive, uh, and we uh, we encourage men to to read the scriptures, and we encourage them to have travelling companions because the lone sheep gets eaten. So you don't want to be travelling alone. And yet a lot of these people are travelling alone. Um, and then we also try to encourage them to get involved in their, in their local church, right, because we think that gives that gives them this round them with a greater sense of community. Uh, and they, these are the sorts of things that the, that the homeless haven't got. They haven't got travelling companions, and they haven't got community, and and I think that's that can be a bigger loss than the fact they haven't got the, the regular home over their head.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. It's an eye opener, I think, as well for you know because you you would think quickly homeless possession, you would associate those two together rather than homeless lack of family, lack of friends, lack of um, supports in place or relationships. What, what about you, Beth? What's a uh, what, how has this um, affected your personal interactions and, and relationships? Um,
2: well, I was actually, because you and I worked together at one stage, um, I was actually thinking as a teacher, you see and hear, well, at our school we see and hear lots of different stories and lots of different things. And that was all foreign to me because, um, you know, I grew up uh, very comfortable and in a loving surrounding family and all that sort of stuff so experiencing it at a primary school level was quite challenging but now that I'm seeing it um out in the the bigger wider world I think I have more compassion more empathy and as I said non-judgmental because we have no idea what's going in in people's lives um as Terry said that connection or that lack of Family connection is astounding and devastating for for some of the guests and some of their stories. And that's where Bendigo Winter Night Shelter became their family. They would be very excited seeing particular volunteers who they've connected with. There was one lady, I don't think she's had a baby or she's having twins. She was a volunteer, and if she wasn't there on the night that I was normally on, it was, oh, my goodness, where is she? Is she okay? You know, they were developing a relationship with the different volunteers, and as I said, it was their, that was their family, which you could see provided some stability for them, and then I would come home. Yes, I would be tired, but I would come home and, yeah, be grateful and thankful for what I've got admittedly in COVID, terry and i both got family in melbourne we miss them immensely so we would sort of like to you know have that experience again as well but i think i'm at a stage i'm not working so i've got time to give and got time to appreciate as well
1: has has this experience made you guys better listeners it sounds like that's 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 something that's affected you as well like yeah. Uh, you want to hear people's story. You know, maybe potentially on a busy day, I don't know. Beth, surely in your teacher life, you know, a friend might have called you up and said, "Hey, I just want a quick chat," or yeah. you just quickly wave them there because you know, oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get my washing done. Yeah. Um. Like has that has that has this experience shaped any of that stuff as well?
2: Oh, it shows you what's important, and what's not important. Although, as I said, when back teaching, I would have been running around trying to do ten different things, and I probably wouldn't have been as receptive um, in this type of program as I am now because I've got the time. Um, But, yes, it makes you better listeners because it's so important to them. They want to talk to someone, whether it's 2 o'clock in the morning or whether it's 5 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock at night. They want to connect with people and it just, um, yeah, it gives you gives you time to sit back and reflect and think how lucky you are and mm-hmm. yes I think it makes me a better person because I feel like i'm I'm doing something that is wonderful and worthwhile and I'm hoping God will give me a gold star
0: yeah well I think you know the way I see it a lot of things really happening from the in, in the exterior you know in the in the community wider wider things a, a lot of accomplishments a lot of uh, relationships built on this but also a lot of things going on inside too and mm-hmm. and you know the interior part of you know of uh, 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 you know of your hearts in in this experience and it's very you know listening to you both it's very you know like i could just hear the insights and what's really in your heart as well and it's yeah it's just amazing to hear that one you know you it's very it is listening in like the good samaritan in flesh you know that mm-hmm. sort of thing
2: I'll have to say, John ray that um, people do say to me, you know, Beth, you're doing a great job, but I'm only doing that great job because the St. Killian's Parish and the St. Peter's School and the St. Killian's School and Rising Sun Hotel have made it all very easy for me to do the great job. We're all doing the great job.
3: And the other other support from wider community, you know, like, uh, all our all our laundry uh, is, is done you know by the Bendigo dry, dry cleaners, again parishioners. Uh, you know, uh, and, and there's just so so much that that that, that is done for us. Um, because people people believe it's it's a worthwhile thing to do and so the support's enormous. The City of Greater Bendigo has been very good three years in a row. they they've given us enormous support. Um so, yeah, it, it's just not possible without, you know, we have over 300 vo- uh, vo- people volunteering, mm. you know, to make that program work.
2: And then, as you say, there's the outside people who are not necessarily um, feet on the ground. You know, there's parishioners from different parishes who've said, well, I can knit things, I can make scarves, I can, you know, do this, I can do that, or donations of toiletries and, a whole range of things that um, help go towards uh, the program being successful.